0: Team, featuring poet Robert Gibbons leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic I am your host and MC once again Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yaw is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic held at 61 Local in Cobble Hill that's at 61 Bergen Street off Smith Street near the Bergen Street FG stop for more information and to sign up go to brooklynpoets.org this month's open mic lineup featured Jerry Wagoner Creighton Glynn, Julia Knobloch Todd Freeman Alex Sarah Giorgio, Harvey Sauce Bill Livingston Alan Braverman Keith Woodrow Sasha Stiles Tim Gerber-Flurry Olympia Mastianu Judy Schneier Emma Rojas, Arthur Russell, Shara Hardison, sorry Shara Hardison, Phil Eggers, Tony Temperman, Hannah Donovan, and Jennifer Hart. So, without waiting any longer, because why would we do that? Let's get right to the action: the Brooklyn Poets Yop Open Mic for November. Enjoy. Alrighty, how is everyone doing tonight? This is a great crowd. I'm glad uh, not everyone left. Uh, in fact, it seems like almost everyone is here. So uh, give yourselves a round of applause. We had 70 people for the workshop. That is a Brooklyn Poets Yop record. You have been a part of history tonight. Uh, you just had to, some of you just had to endure a little bit of discomfort physically to make that happen. So we appreciate your patience and your discomfort. Uh, this is the open mic portion of the night. If you don't know who I am, I am Jason Koo, Executive Director of Brooklyn Poets. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, how many of you watch Friday Night Lights or watch that show, the Netflix show? <laughs> Every time I say appreci- I appreciate that, I think of Connie Britton. You know, She says that all the time. I appreciate that. Coach fucks up, and then he apologizes, and she's like, I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you. Came three days too late, but I appreciate that. Um, if you don't know what happens at the Brooklyn Poets, EOP open mic, every poet gets three minutes on the mic, one poem max. Uh, we do this because you see the crowds that come, we try, we want to get as many poets up here as possible, that's not possible if everyone comes up here and reads like five poems for 15 minutes that would be great for you, but not as great for everyone else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you are on the list, the advanced list, or you're on one of the, you have one of the five open spots at the beginning, or you're possibly on the wait list, you get one poem, three minutes max, please try to keep to your time. We all know when you're going over, maybe you think you're slipping one by us, but we have a pretty good sense of what three minutes or three and a half minutes is. <laughs> you know, if you go over a little bit, that's fine. Even f- four minutes, maybe, okay. But you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the problem, when I start being nice. When I s- when I start being nice, people take advantage. All right, three minutes or else Arthur up here is just going to throw you down the stairs. Uh, what else? So this is an exciting night, uh, not just because you're all here, but because this is the last month that you can qualify for Poem of the Year uh, honors. I'm not sure. Those are, hon- those, those are honors, right? So every month we vote for Poem of the Month. And 11 of those spots have been filled. This is the last and 12th spot that it needs to be filled tonight. And next month at the December Yawp, whenever that is, the second Monday of December, you see I'm prepared, I don't know the actual date, but just look up the second Monday of December, uh, we are going to have our Poem of the Year Smackdown. So the 12 winners of Poem of the Month over the past year are going to compete after a shortened open mic, so FYI, if you're planning on coming to that one, we're gonna have a shorter open mic, so don't get mad. You might wanna sign up early, right after this yawp, because <laughs> the advance list fills pretty quickly. We'll only have 10 spots <laughs> next month. Anyway, after that, we're gonna hear from the 12 winners of Poem of the Year. They're gonna compete for Poem of the Year, sorry, Poem of the Month. They're gonna compete for Poem of the Year. The, uh, the prizes, cash, money, Broken Poets membership. Poet of the Week feature on our website, unless you've already been featured because you're awesome, you. Brooklyn wow. Poets Swag, right. and what else? At least two of the prior <laughs> poem of the year winners read in November. That's true. That's a very good point, Arthur. In fact, Arthur Russell was one of them. Get up for Arthur Russell right here. Yeah. And Julia Knobloch. Right. So it is a sort of semi-tradition that... did, Did you win... Po- did you win poem? In you were po- No, you weren't in November. It was Rent Ferris last year, but she was a runner-up, wasn't she? Yeah. So it is a thing. There's like November energy. I don't know if it's. It might be. What do they call it? Uh, there's like a term on the internet for this. Uh, recency bias. Maybe it's recency bias, or maybe it's just people save the best poems for November. But uh, two winners of November poem of the month have gone on to win poem of the year, and the one last year was a was one of the runners up. So. Uh, The the karma is good tonight, so if you're reading, uh, get excited. There's a very good chance you might be competing for Poem of the Year. Uh, We also record the open mic as a podcast. We call it the Yopcast. I am very pleased that we now have eight five-star reviews. If you are one of those people, you're all chuckling. That's so mean, first of all. You're all chuckling, but if you've been here before, you know how I've been fucking scratching and clawing just to get one more besides my own. So the fact that we have eight, it's so much better than one. Uh, But wow, we have 70 people here tonight. Wouldn't it be amazing if all of you went home and gave this a review, preferably not less than five stars? Uh, And wow, (laughs) imagine if people wanted to start advertising our podcast and we started getting money and we could do amazing shit with that. I'm not saying that will happen, but... It's certainly more likely to happen if you actually review us and give us a rating. So uh, definitely listen to the podcast, first of all. Yeah, in fact, you could do it right now. follow this guy's example. He's such a good... This is why he won Yawper of the Year. Yeah, so uh, don't be shy. Don't be shy. That's right. Emily Blair is Yawper of the Year. Let's give a hand uh, for Emily Blair. We have a lot of award winners in the house. Cheryl Hardison's our rating Poem of the Year winner. This is just such an illustrious row right here. Julie Hart, former Yawper of the Year, also in the house. Let's give a round of applause for Julie. Don't leave her hanging. People were like, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna applaud for Julie. Was, she has a new website and everything. It looks really, really fancy. Yeah, Emily Blair made that shit. Um, okay, I'm just rambling on now. I'm pretty sure that is all the announcements. Uh, three minutes on the mic. Can anyone think of something that I haven't said? Are you playing music, too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're playing the Yopcast. Very nice. Uh, you got to go on iTunes. Are you on iTunes? Yeah. I love those beats, though. Sweet sounds of the intro to the Yopcast. <laughs> um, okay, before we get to the open mic proper, we're going to hear from our feature reader. You know him well from the workshop. Give it up for Robert Gibbons.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Song from <laughs> The Everglades. Don't let the devil ride. 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 Don't let him talk to you. Don't let him talk you. The title of this piece is Flight, North Dakota. I am cold, pulled from a deep freeze and asked to thaw your Winnipeg night near your border. It is always partly cloudy but fair I fly over past Grand Fork and Bismarck. I want to know the local time of origin. I can't decide how to divide you with the baskets as low as Nebraska. I call you, Sue then fall for you. Don't let the devil ride. Don't let the devil ride. Flight, Wisconsin. I can't decide. There is smoke, 1,000 windows to fantasy. There is no land, just storms. The color, sand, and I want to fall into the neck and nape and check the sex for others. You are teasing, Wisconsin. I call behind the skirt of cloud. I want the chance to be young when it was fun and routine. Now the manual to find you. Point down is where you will find me. I will be stone and Borglum rock. Don't let the devil ride. Thank you.
0: You Keep it going for Robert Gibbons, God damn Uh first time I've heard him sing, beautiful voice, just a, a beautiful poet, reader, man, you wear that orange sweater so well, <laughs> much better than I would <laughs> for sure. you got to love a man that can wear an orange sweater, I think. Um, I've never thought that before this particular moment, but uh, let's all take that home tonight. <laughs> Our first reader off the open mic list is Jerry Wagoner. Give it up for Jerry.
2: Tall people. All right. There we go. Thank you, Arthur. That's about right? That's about right. Okay, thank you. All right, this is Ghost Ship Riff. Just a brief introduction. A ghost ship is a ship steaming under its own power to the scrapyard, and a riff is an R.I.F. reduction in force. I happen to be the bard of the yard, so, I'm <laughs> but that's come to an end. Clustered in the center of the photo, four African American men and one woman, bound in trim afros and collective dread, their backs to the camera face a faceless ball cap behind a chain-link fence, who issues each one's terminal paycheck. A black man in gold-framed shades stands apart and studies his final paper promise. 1886, it was, July, I remember, a general order posted on the gates of the Brooklyn Navy Yard told a 1,000 or more, you have been laid off on account of lack of money to pay your wage. An industrial factor represents the facilities in terms of ship fitters, the welders, the chippers of peacetime and mobilization requirements. Forget the machinists, pipe fitters, carpenters, too. Definitely a smaller, more congested shipyard with no submarine and limited guided missile overhaul is second best because of nothing personal. Civilian workers wore white overseas caps, Marched briskly across the Brooklyn Bridge, carried signs and chanted, Unfair! Bitterly. These decisions are absolutely, unequivocally, without qualification, irrevocable. A general order posted on the gates, lack of money to pay your wage, war's end. The preparations for war remain and sustain pattern makers, riggers, the quartermen, and foremen of civilization, its discontents put into their respective pockets until one day. Unemployed people do not shift to peacetime pursuits of happiness. Its effect folded in on the market while those who could move to suburbs in droves to evade the mud-stained bones of Wallabout Bay. Big oil blocks a bill to use a few made-in-America tankers. Nothing personal. The union's chief shop steward said some 80% of the laid-off sea train workers were black and Hispanic. Behind the chained vehicle entrance, a man in hard hat and tie turns away, feigning indifference to gaze on ghost crews in a silent crane. His left hand clutches the gate against further loss. The weathered sign above reads, failure shipyard, failure designated, failure obey. A general order posted on the gates, lack of money to pay your wage. According to the steward, their average age was early thirties. They had been employed six, seven years as first class workers. An octagonal sign mocks their first-class anger, for whom the promise of a career is now silent as the abandoned assembly sheds. Left of the five, a hand laid on the fence screens security's face, lone sentry of the yard's last ship. His legs spread, arms triangulated, in militant at-ease pose. A a job done bright, dulls to fitful sleep, where dreams dissolve into flat coffee and gnawing shadows of mortality. Once, years ago, on a wounded ship, a man opened a barrel, and still he sees the sundered limbs.
0: Thank you, Jerry. Our next reader is a yop regular. Give it up for Creighton Blinn.
3: Hi. Hi. Hey. Hi. I'm going to um, be reading something which was begun at a previous yop workshop. Safe words. My canvas is overwhelming. Obviously, I hate to spark this candle so predictably when catalogs are infuriating. Lists of remembrances tiring, twisting up memory like cravats, preferably left to the imagination or disowned. As unsuitable for public discourse on Carrick Ben's binding as rough as worn carpet, which I'm obliged to say, lines of a coffin which holds discarded James, even though we dissolved our partnership without malice, an aftertaste still lingers. There will always be questions without answers, daydreams of roads not taken. It is best to embrace chance, the days that were instead of those which might have been, celebrating life by chewing over wild recollections of a centaur, gripping tightly, savoring sweet spice, as cathartic, as strong flavorings of chai. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you. How's everyone doing? Sorry, I'm a little giddy. I was looking for a t-shirt. Uh, his poems have been very serious so far and uh, commerce is in the background um, you know you can all exhale now have a good time You know. thank you <laughs> our next reader is a former poem of the year winner and also just recently signed her first book contract so give up a big round of applause for Julia Knobloch
4: I still have the house. uh, Sorry, I still have the keys to the house where I met you. I still have the keys to the house where I met you. We were both friends with the owner. I watered her plants and fed her cats when she was out of town on a shamanic retreat in Joshua Tree, a Reiki class in Scotland, family visits in Philadelphia. Each time I entered the darkened apartment, greeted by two pairs of gleaming eyes, the first thing I looked for was the velour armchair where you sat that night, we talked until you were speechless with joy. Your first text. After feeding the cats deluxe turkey meals and cleaning their box, I always sat down in that armchair next to the rose quartz lamp underneath the poster that said, I want to believe and try to channel your energy, moving the palms of my hands slowly over the arms of the chair like you did then, wondering if in its scarlet fibers or elsewhere in the apartment were traces of your DNA left and what infallibly appeared in front of my eyes was the birthmark on the left side of your neck. I don't think it was because of my capabilities as a medium. The birthmark was the first thing I noticed about you while we were talking and I knew then that I wanted to kiss your neck and your lips and your eyes and your forehead. I think I always remember the birthmark so clearly because seeing it marked the moment I fell in love with you and knew we were soon going to sleep together. Squeezing my eyes shut, I would lean back into the armchair, concentrating hard, trying to force the chair's arms to reach out and hug me like you hugged me when we said goodbye that night and exchanged phone numbers, both mistyping each other's last name. But the chair remained immobile and you didn't materialize. Only the cats jumped on my chest, brushing my face with their whiskers and tails, reminding me to water the plants. Our mutual friend later changed the arrangement of her living room and moved the velour armchair into the other corner. One cat died, and she got a new one. She and I drifted apart without there having been a fallout, and she hasn't asked me to look after her cats and plants for a while, although she still texts me sometimes to tell me how much she misses me, to wish me a sweet new year, or say she is sorry. She can't make it to my reading. She is sure there'll be another one. She would love to catch up. And I eventually took the keys to the house where I met you off my keychain and put them into the kitchen drawer where I keep everything I might need again sometime in the future. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Julia. Congrats. When did you win Poem of the Year? Was that 2016? Yeah. Yeah. That's right, she might win twice. You're competing too. It's getting hot in here. (laughs) 2016 was a good year for me. That's the year I met my future wife. Well, I mean, I was speaking as myself in 2016, you know. I understand that now she is my current wife. It's also the year that something very important happened in my life as well. Does anyone know? 2016. Oh, we well, of course you know. <laughs> yeah, the, Clev- the Cleveland Cavaliers won a championship. Oh. Yeah. What did you say? Brought it, home. Brought, it home? You brought it home. No, that was a year before. Yeah. But thank you for sharing that. <laughs> that was also a very nice moment in my life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm very happy for for you, Julia. Uh, I mean, you see, th- I mean, that was like your first, wasn't that your first reading ever or oh like one the of them? Yeah. Yeah. So you see, it doesn't take much. In just a couple of years, you have a book. So just keep coming back, <laughs> buy a membership. <laughs> Pretty soon you'll have a book. <laughs> Success story right here. Yeah, exactly, life lesson. Our next reader is Todd Friedman. Give it up for Todd.
5: Thank you. You might uh, think of this poem the next time you get stuck in traffic. It's early in the morning on the good old L.I.E. The traffic is bumper to bumper as far as the eye can see. Now, somewhere folks eat pancakes, scrambled eggs and ham, but breakfast time on the LIE is the morning traffic jam. Your car is drinking gas, burning up the oil, but your car is hardly moving and your blood comes up to a boil. Inching along on this highway, you decide to change your lane. Then the guy who was behind you passes you by and you throw up your hands in vain. Yes, you know it seems hopeless. It couldn't get much worse. But then you get a flat tire, and you've just begun to curse. A flat don't happen every day, but traffic is always crawling. If it ain't one thing, it's something else like somebody's engine stalling. Well, you finally change that tire, and you get back into your car, and Lord God Almighty, you want to shove the jam back in the jar. Twenty minutes late, at last you've hit the tunnel. Cars go through the toll booth, watch molasses drip through a funnel. (laughs) Now, when they built this LIE, cars were supposed to move faster, but the truth of the matter is it's one big lie, it ain't nothing but a disaster. You could go away tomorrow, go away for the rest of the year, but when you come back, nothing different, nope. Nothing ever changes here. Tomorrow morning, there'll be one less car. Breakfast time on the LIE. Traffic will be bumper to bumper, but included won't be me.
0: Good stuff, Todd. Thank you. I sympathize with highway traffic <laughs> it's a regular feature of my life our next reader is sometimes mistaken for Elizabeth Bishop give it up for Alex Sarah Giorgio
6: Jason is far too kind so <clears throat> can you all hear me yes cool <laughs> um, this poem is named after a fragment of Sappho's, which reads, as long as you want. For a few weeks, the view from my desk has been of a large rehab and health care center at the edge of Providence, Rhode Island. The facility gets steady traffic, cars rolling through the generous parking lot to pay a brief, hopefully loving visit. This afternoon, I watched as a woman in a blue sundress and large sunglasses wheeled an elderly patient, a mother or aunt, I suppose, on a reclining chair, almost a traveling bed, out through the glass doors and fussed for a while, moving her back and forth, maneuvering the wheels so that the older woman, yellow blanket on her lap, could face perfectly forward, looking onto the parking lot, the big tree on the sidewalk, the quiet street, my open window. Then she walked to her car, and from the trunk pulled out a folding camping chair, set it next to her mother or neighbor or friend, and took a seat, legs crossed, leaned back, like someone setting up camp on a crowded beach to watch the fireworks. It's been 30 minutes, an hour maybe, and I've been watching them watch the daily activity of the parking lot. The older woman's head leans heavily to one side and from this far away, I can't tell if her eyes are open or if they've been talking at all this whole time. More than anything, she probably wanted a little fresh air and to bear witness to life in its tedious rhythmic motion. How unnecessary all other wanting though the younger woman just looked at her watch. And soon it will break my heart to see the camping chair folded up, the woman with a yellow blanket and the curious, tilting face wheeled gently back inside. Thank you.
0: Beautiful stuff. So uh, if you don't know that Inside joke I just made, Alex made a film about Elizabeth Bishop called uh, Conspirato, right? Yeah, short film, Uh, can they watch that online? Yeah, it's super exclusive. You have to pay, you probably have to pay her. Yeah, well, congratulations. Pretty soon Alex will be too big for us. Be begging her to come back. Uh, is Lauren Ducrey here? Some <sighs> of my students personally reached out to her. Gave her a spot when someone dropped out. Didn't even get an email response. I feel, I'm, I'm crying inside right now. I feel so neglected. Okay, so Candy, you're not gonna read, yes? No, okay. Well, I like your purple headband, though. Do we call that a headband? Yeah, headband sounds too, like, casual <laughs> hairpiece <laughs> Okay, our next reader is Harvey Sauce. Where's Harvey? Get up for Harvey.
7: Perfect on the first try. Not bad. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can see it's leaking out the ear. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, first, let me give uh, a, a brief pitch for an open mic that I host on a monthly basis uh, at the Montauk Club, which is a landmark building uh, built in 1891 in Park Slope. I've handed out some flyers. There are others on the table there. Uh, we generally have two features plus uh, five to seven minutes on the open mic. Uh, our next open mic is on uh, November. Should get the right date, 18th. Uh, at which uh, Sophie Mallorette and uh, uh, Steve Dalachinsky will be reading. Uh, it's a lovely building, well worth the look. See, a number of people here have, uh, including uh, Robert, uh, have been there, seen it. I think Jason also has been in the building. So uh, come on by. And it, what'd you say? I was dance. Not in the hotel. Okay. Oh, I understand. <laughs> I understand. You can dance. I go. <laughs> Yeah, we have jazz nights, too. Okay, At any anyway, rate, this is called uh, I Do Not Love the Tsitsi Fly. I do not love the tsi Fly. I do not know the tsi Fly. Should one seek to introduce itself at my bedside of an evening, dressed for seduction, top hat and tails, promising a cure for insomnia, I shall wave it away and report it to the authorities. What kind of girl does it think I am to so rudely proposition me? Corpses of mosquitoes flock my wallpaper. Blood spots and all unblotted by wet paper toweling, red lighting, flying wellenders, and most other flying things, bearers of narcolepsy and worse. As if to say, dare bite me, I'll stay up all night with a rolled up daily news until I kill you. Yet what bomb is there for night fears of a natural congress with its easy fly? As a lineal descendant of no less than sleeping beauty, I know a thing or two about false seeming. Whether via poisoned apples or other equally wicked devices, some say it runs in the family along with bedroom eyes. So if you see or even suspect a tsetse flies proboscis is stuck in my arm where it shouldn't be. Kindly pull that sucker and sound the alarm. And if you still cannot rouse me, I am not dead. Only sleeping, dreaming of a prince. Who will one day wake me with a true love's kiss.
0: That was interesting. <laughs> um, that was so mean. That, that last, that last gesture. Okay, uh, our next reader is a former Poem of the Month winner, and uh, just put a bunch of his poems on the bridge. Very happy to see that. It's like four years too late, but you know, never too late. Give it up for Bill Livingston. Keep it going for Jason.
8: A couple months ago, the New Yorker published a poem called Bottle of Wine, and it's a good poem. It's written by a Pulitzer winner, but the vibe I got from it was it's so incredibly Caucasian and bougie that it just made me want to go shopping for a Volvo and a sweater vest. (laughs) I mean, it just, we're not supposed to knock poetry here, but it's just the vibe I got, and... (laughs) <laughs> this is my, it's, it was, it was, the whole poem was very bougie, very bougie and Caucasian. And this is, this is my response, my version of it. It's called Bottle of Vodka. About a mile from the party, I abandon the beat-up chariot by the side of the road. Yet I lock it in case I want to reclaim it when sobriety kicks in again. I'm already drunk going in, carrying my contribution to the evening. A bottle so large it has its own carrying handle. It says vodka and nothing else. You can call it my wingman. It could have been distilled this morning. No need to age to mellow out. Nothing will be mellow tonight. Just like the drink of czar's past crafted from the noble potato only once distilled, not thrice like the rye Belvedere of Poland, the corn Tito's of Austin, Texas, the wheat gray goose of France, and oh, how very French of them to use a cork. No, this is the Leningrad crystal-clear spirit of old communist Russia, ready to collude with our brain cells before slaying them with a quickness. Tonight, we will live like czars during a caviar famine with uglier furniture and cheaper curtains. We raise our glasses to the neurons who will give their lives for our pleasure and may have sparked great thoughts and works of art. Here's to the ones lying in wait to be doused and set aflame, yet survived just long enough to write another stanza for Bacchus. If all goes well, nothing good will come of this evening. A crime will be committed. Someone will bleed. A bad song will be written. Empty bottles will not be recycled. I'll be mistaken for I'll be mistaken for a corpse by joggers awakened by the sledgehammer sunrise cotton-mouthed in a strange hedge and forget where I parked my fucking car thank you
0: that was good <laughs> Uh, there was uh vodka as a wingman, and there was bleeding in there, and uh, yeah, that was priceless. Uh, good stuff, Bill Livingston. Thank you. Uh, our next is Stacy Skolnick here. Stacey Skolnick, no, going once, going twice. Stacy Skolnick is not here, okay, another person. Well, the waitlist is looking up. Our next reader, uh, last time, treated us to his singing voice. Maybe we're in store for more tonight. Give it up for Alan Braverman.
9: (laughs) It's high enough, okay. Good evening to all my fellow poets, and uh, I'm a retired teacher who taught uh, at Brooklyn Tech High School, focusing on archeology span and anthropology. And I have a poem, and I don't know why it's titled Evolution. Okay. I am among the kindred spirits, a lineage primeval where ghosts are more than transient specters with encryptions to to decipher thoughts that are enticing and traumas prematurely buried among the charred remains of ethnic cultures to be resurrected like vintage wine and stored for future reference in search of DNA among genetic drift and the mighty mitochondria from all our ancestral origins, a Darwinian dilemma as one race evolves into many, fracturing into clans, tribes, ethnicities, nationalities, and religion, lest we forget gender, male and female propagating, seeds of change, seven billion and counting, where once we migrated, gathered food and hunted. Now evolution enhanced our capacity to reason and learn so we can buy rather than plant, text rather than talk, watch rather than engage as we stand erect, bipedal primates with a shrinking mandible, adapting to consumed goods and processed foods, an opposable thumb creating foods and weapons to conquer, colonize, and nation build. All in the name of progress.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Alan. <laughs> I like the centering, that's cute. I need to put that in my next critique. You know when I when my undergrads do that, I you know what I say to them? I kinda say the opposite. <laughs> like you can't don't do this again uh but that's yeah don't say it down just pretend we didn't have this conversation (laughs) yeah uh is Keith Woodrow here yes yeah give it up for Keith Woodrow our next reader hello everyone um
10: this is immolation it's been Six months since David S. Buckle lit his own fuse, and Brooklyn seems already to have forgotten. You're going to have to look up his name, aren't you? Like you would have to Google the infamous al-Tayeb Mohammed Boazizi. No, no spring for Brooklyn. Even flesh-burningly large acts of resistance wither with time. What use then is the fight is writing a poem in a world where poetry loses every night to Netflix, Because poetry can hit your dopamine receptors quite like a mini-series can? Mm -hmm. Because poetry can't fuck good? What if it could compete? Imagine this piece just smacking the headboard and I've successfully aroused you to action, to quit your job, convinced myself to quit my own job, to wrap a bandana around my face, to deface the skyscrapers of this city, to unfurl from a roof a banner that declares meaningful truth, to blow a whistle so loud I pierce the corporate eardrum, to rig the system in the interest of longitudinal humanity and the environment, can I do that without lighter fluid? Is that even the point? Imagine, you binge this onslaught of peak golden age, single-use poetry, that it can be so easy, that it doesn't tire you out, even on these palinduris nights when you fight off sleep for just one more verse, And your book asks, are you still reading because poetry tracks your levels of engagement? Imagine you don't have to pay close attention, that it can refresh you, that it washes over you, like last night's Grey's Anatomy, and you can forget it wormed inside your brain until someone shakes you by your shoulder and asks, oh my God, did you read? (laughs) And you cover your heart and say, oh my God, so good. (laughs) And that's the extent of it. What if that is the point of a poem what if that is the goal a writer can aspire to that's a life oh my god so good we teach our children to sorry he lit himself on fire in a public park because he could not adequately change the dire course of the climate and he proved that he had accurately assessed his inability to influence We teach our children to aspire to change the world and their inevitable failure will not be their fault. I was built to keep writing, to keep fucking real good, whatever that amounts to, to scream at the mountains, to keep swimming upstream despite my no upper body strength, despite the current interminable that douses everyone's fire. I don't know what else to do Besides rewatching all nine seasons of the original 80s version of Dynasty on Amazon Prime and holy shit you guys, so good,
0: that was so good. <laughs> Yeah, I was not expecting that ending You know how many poetry teachers say like end with an image they should say end with dynasty <laughs> you know I feel like that would never go wrong <laughs> uh well done keith our next reader is a broken poets member but i believe a Yop open mic debut or give it up for sasha styles
11: I'm very, very new to reading, so please bear with me. This is the second time I've ever Um Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, the first line of this poem is uh, an echo of a line from T.S. Eliot from Four Quartets, um, The Salvages. I don't know much about gods, but I think they must live inside copper and glass and silicon, just as they do in the roiling waves, the tides, the moon, in the ascension of heavy steel tubes traversing the Atlantic, fearful views from on high, fueled by their magic. In the mystic haze, steaming off phthalates and liquid crystals, dark clouds of dust and smoke, the roll of a thunderball, all home to gods and their demons. In the supernature of unseen wires, unreal voices in the tongue of our creator in the holy flock of stern celestial eyes and fires burning, lightning quick in our great dark seas. In the bromine and polymers, mercury and lead, of devices we must inter with respect when dead, lest the ether off carcasses left to rust come back like unfinished souls to haunt us. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Sasha. Well done. Congrats on your <laughs> yep, debut. <laughs> uh, our next reader. Wow, it's been, a, it's been a while since we've had this man read. We're so happy to have him back. Um, we're also uh, in the uh, process of bringing him to Cook for our Hamptons retreat next year. So uh, he's extra special to be now. Give it up for Tim Gerber-Flurry. <coughs>
12: Hi, folks. It's very nice to be back after such a long time on the road. Very happy to see all your faces. Um, This one is called Western Script. As I face the page back at my desk, the sun rising over these buildings of Brooklyn, I long to see it over mountains, mesas, sequoias, and canyons. A new morning for a French man who rode across highways with wheat fields for solar horizon and a double yellow line vanishing into uncharted territory in a saber too low for most dirt roads. I laid eyes on the Mississippi for the first time in Minneapolis, crossing it on foot with a nod of excitement in my stomach, channeling my inner Kerouac and his own encounter with his beloved river, gate to the west. Given it was not dry or low like it was for him, but rather furious, full of meltwater. And looking down over the edge where, <clears throat> and looking down over the edge where the San Antonio Falls used to be, felt like abandoning an old shell washed away in the belly of the Old Man River. I saw the st- I saw the steep slopes of red rocks of th- of southern Utah, their flowing shab- shapes, and heard how they talk with the wind. Telling each other about the color of the sun when it rises behind a curtain of smoke of thousands of acres burning north and south, I found an oasis in the Mojave, arrested in the shade of the palm grove of the palm tree grove, waiting for the heat of the sun to fade, and saw the Grand canyon turn blue when the sun set there, co- there coyotes howled a poem at each other. Their rhythm and melody etched in my mind, just like the joy of seeing a buffalo herd feasting on the, fam- on the finest Utah sod near Escalante. Every day brings a new story in the West, mine and everybody else's. They stack like cairns at Canyonlands. Stories builds legend, and West is where this country became one. Crossing the Mississippi again in Baton Rouge didn't put an end to it. The legend is eternal, and I carry it with me. Until the end, the West will sing a song to me that sounds like a steady breath of a propane burner under a red percolator and the, ra- and the rattle of red ants in the dirt. And the lyrics are poems of Robert Rory Paul I read every morning like scriptures. I exhort you to go to cross the river at St. Louis, St. Cloud, New Orleans, or Memphis, on foot or in a car, and see for yourself. Each step or spin of the wheel a new beginning, a new legend written in the dirt and asphalt. Sleep with your cheek against the earth. Stand on the roof of your car amongst the redwood. Drink wine and coffee out of the same mug. Let your feet wander and your mind wander. Tell your stories. I will sit, listen, and rejoice.
0: Sounds like you had a good trip So they just You guys just did a cross-country trip, right? Yeah How long were you on the road? Yeah, god damn Three months Sign me up for that Uh, Yeah, we want to do that too But uh, apparently you guys have the You guys have like the couple perk that we don't I don't know where you (laughs) Yeah, let's talk afterwards Advise us Um, Okay our next reader is, I believe, another Yop debuter. He's got a great name. Hopefully, I don't screw it up. Olympia Mostonu. Is that right? No. No. What <laughs> <laughs> how do you say your last name? Uh, Olympia Mostano. That sounded a lot better when you said it. So, just c- when you come up here, say it again, and then I'm going to practice when we record it. Give it up for Olympia. Um,
13: okay, Olympia Mostano. Um, this is my second time ever reading, so, um, but and, uh, and I'm not from here, I'm from Romania, and my poem is about migration, and, uh, Cool. <laughs> and actually, there's someone else speaking Romanian here, yeah. yeah <laughs> <neighbors>. um, <laughs> no one but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's actually about what it takes to become an immigrant, um, someone told me that it might be a bit too heavy, but please bear with me. It's uh, <clears throat> titled My Father and His Many Rabbits. There is this space I enter with imagined warmth, Chet Baker, and the oval face of my father. As a trumpet whimpers, I'm listening to every time we say goodbye, and there are hands playing the piano too. I think of my father's rough weft Something taking care of rabbits, it's easy work. He knows better, and I, and I do it too. Knowing the wefts and the tear he gets cutting, their throats to celebrate. My coming home, even home, I remain somewhere else, away from the wefts, his rabbits. The rabbits themselves have become too small for his sadness. They've been replaced by white, furry goats. I see again his sadness in the hands of the man squeezing a sound through this trumpet. There is this place where the hands' warmth takes me, a place where I touch the goats, a place wrapped around time, inside words, along his hands. Hands with calluses that don't speak evil, and don't dream with words, hug at a distance and embrace it. My father's hands know I'm here, without rabbits and wefts. His hands know I'm there as here, as I listen to this trumpet sound, as I look at Chet Baker's angular face. It doesn't resemble my father's, but it reminds me of his longing a longing to be passed, to have sight of relief and the pleasure to have been there in it. Thank you.
0: Wonderful job. <laughs> I'm going to practice when I listen to this. Rabbits and Chet Baker. Does it really get any better than that? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, and the, and the goats. Yeah, I left the goats out. The rabbits have become too small for his sadness. Yeah. Just think on that for a moment. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm just I'm thinking of that rabbits line. <laughs> don't mind me now. Okay, we're ready to move on. Uh, our next poet is Judy Schneier. Give it up for Judy.
14: Okay, this poem um, was written for Jason's Fast Break Workshop, which has been great. I did not get to integrate all the valuable comments I got on this poem, since the workshop is yesterday, but it will eventually be a better poem. (laughs) It's called Sunny Outside. Outside, let's go outside. I wouldn't say he jumps up. He gathers himself off the floor, 70 pounds of wagging rib cage belly and legs, and follows me to the door, where he sits with his big hazel eyes locked on my hazel eyes, waiting, and trembling a little with excitement, which I can see because his reddish brown hair a few shades lighter than my own, lies flat and close to his skin when I snap him into the soft blue leash with the padded handle, the one I can't send in the morning with Joni and Ray because he would chew through it in the van that carries the pack to the park. Instead, he wears the hard, wiry one with a cracked plastic coating that hurts the hand of whoever holds it, and, like the blue one, doesn't have a bag holder attached. Since the old one broke and, being me, I didn't replace it, which means I have to snatch another green roll from the box and stick it in my pocket so many pockets filled with half-finished rolls in them, hands always swimming in plastic, just as he enters the elevator. But I pull him back. He's so compliant and also used to me, because I recall the throwing stick, the treats, the ball, and scurry to the cabinet over the fridge and then to the plastic bag drawer next to it, then to the various storage bins and boxes that may contain a stray tennis ball the right size for the thrower, But I accept the one the wrong size, so I'll have to use my arm, which I raise to once again push the button so we can once again enter the elevator where I'm irritated by my own forgetful self. But he's as unperturbed as a GPS lady recalculating. Never thinking to judge me. Just like a child his same age, not quite two, he sees me as a force of the universe, not to be compared. But experienced, like the water or the wind. But unlike a human two year old, he walks easily beside me to the door, more compliant than any child or almost any dog. Thank God they're not my genes, in spite of our resemblance.
0: Thank you, Judy. Uh we are workshopping in my house on Sundays, five PM. Uh you could come, but it's sold out. <laughs> and we and yeah, I know. We have no more chairs. Uh as <laughs> unperturbed as the GPS lady recalculating. I feel like the GPS lady has gotten better with pronunciation lately. That's all right. What was that? That no, was very heavy. That is a big ring. <laughs> Matches your dress, though. That's nice. Anyway, uh, Jen Osro, everyone, give her a round of applause. <laughs> She's got a big ring. Is Preeti Shah here? Didn't think so. Why do these people sign up and then? I just emailed her today. This is, it hurts my feelings when you know. Don't do this if you're here. Don't. Don't email me today and be like, "I'll be there," and then don't come. <laughs> just, just, just like ghost me. Don't. That would be better. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, our next reader is definitely here because uh, I talked to her during the break, and she's standing back there. Give it up for Emma Rojas.
15: Thank you. Hey, Hi. Um, So the poem I'm going to share with you this evening um, was partially inspired by a painting called Baptism in Kansas, and it's in the Whitney Museum if you want to see it. Um, But it's sort of a pastoral scene with a bunch of people around um, a young woman who's about to get submerged. And you know that painting? (laughs) Yeah, it's... I, I don't know. I always find like a uh, religious experience and ecstatic experience something that's really fascinating. Um, so anyways, I was uh, going across the Williamsburg Bridge because the L train is down. <laughs> and uh, So here's my poem, East River Baptism. Crossing the Williamsburg Bridge at dusk, I lose my sense of self. Above the tumult of passing cars, a wave of song envelops me. My life goes on in endless song, above earth lamentations. You inspired me. <laughs> a baptism of sound and memory, the buildings witness with their, 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 theirness. As an echo rises from my soul, I dip down to meet it, emerge clean into the now. Words can't do it justice. Harmony might explain better, or languageless utterances. Better yet, silence does what I can't do. No symbol, no metaphor, just.
0: Alright, surprising ending. Nicely done. Uh, yes. Oh, right. That was something I forgot. How come you didn't tell me? I count on you for these things. (laughs) All right. If you want to vote for poem of the month, you text me. 718-374-1953. I thought you was writing down my number, but he's just (laughs) drawing. How come you never draw me, by the way? No, you did draw me once. That's true, I have that. Anyway, uh... Yeah, don't call me. Just text me. Seven one eight seven one eight three seven four one nine five three. That's true. Everyone's telling me what to do now. I'm starting I'm starting startin to bubble over with resentment. Seven one eight three seven four one nine five. This is gonna this is how you're gonna ghost me once you have the number. Text me a few times and be like I'm out. Seven one eight three seven four one nine five three. 374 I feel compelled to mention Emma won Poem of the Month earlier this year. She'll be competing in December. So did Judy, who you heard recently. Uh, it's too late now to review all the names because uh, we're already at like 14, so I'll just do it at the end. Uh, our next reader is this wise guy right here. Give it up for Arthur Russell.
16: Harvey Sauce's event isn't half bad. You should consider going to it. (laughs) (laughs) This is called April was fatal for Jesus, not for me. (laughs) The seasons are not my metaphorical daddy The wine-dark leaves of cut-leaf maples, spread like a king's robe on the wet lawn, are not, to me, a sign the end is near. I give not the slightest shit that hardened winter buds on the slender branch of a sapling oak are promises to some sad soul that spring's rebirth is round a few months' corner. I do not believe in cherry blossoms, clustered in the climate-varied air of April or that any kind of thaw implies any other kind of thaw. I don't need summer days on vineyard beaches swimming through my lover's legs in sunlit surf. I see the truth without the sweetened lemon suffrage of an August afternoon. Go ahead. I dare you to correlate the weather that 11th of September with the outcome. I reject the purse-lipped solace of the seasons, since seasons are the guy who swears he didn't fuck the maid. I'm not a baby. I'm a disappointed person, walking in the rain without a hat.
0: I like that ending. I like how you guys confer after everything. <laughs> Mostly about you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... Yeah, I mean, it's... What's not to like? It's just a plain black sweater. You know, I was wearing a, uh, I was wearing that same hoodie, but in black today. So now we're linked. Uh, I'm not a baby. I'm just a disappointed person. <laughs> it's like my favorite line of poetry ever now. Uh, Arthur Russell, former Poem of the Month winner. In fact, he's one Poem of the Month twice. It's kind, of a, it's kind of nauseating to talk about Arthur's accolades sometimes. But he will be here in December. He's also one Poem of the Year and the of the Year. And is a lawyer, too, so if you ever need legal advice, <laughs> talk to Arthur. Our next reader is our reigning Poem of the Year winner from last year. Give it up for Shara Hardison.
17: is an ekphrastic poem I'd never written one of those before and then a couple weeks ago last weekend I can't remember <laughs> sweet sweet action had a reading at a gallery where we were supposed to read ekphrastic poems so was under pressure to, to write this um, this is called neon uterus with boxing glove ovaries after the sculpture champ by Zoe Buckman once upon a time there was a woman who tore open a wound and let it bleed on the Senate floor. Her hair was yellow like my mother's squash blossoms. It seems to me most men do not trust flowers. I'm no good with men. I grew up without a father, so I made one out of shoeboxes. I came from a fountain of women too poor for dental work who taught me how to cross the street with keys in my fist and how to turn my back against any blows, because the back is strong, and how to make myself small enough to take a hit. I forget sometimes that evil can be small too, like spores. A fine powder on the wind that gets into the cupboards and settles over the dishes and the TV and the framed family pictures. My mother taught me how to read by falling asleep next to me in the middle of a story after a double shift. I used language to build myself armor, a life raft, a new tongue. Someplace else far away, a little girl pulled a sword from a lake, and I pictured the heavens splitting open to shine upon her like a queen riding into battle. And all I wanted was to pull her back, safe from battalions. But they're coming for her anyway, whether she's ready or not. Thank you.
0: God damn, God damn. <laughs> Woo. Uh, well, you may win for one a month again, and then... Be like Arthur. That was fucking good. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Palm of the Year winner right there, y'all. Palm of the Year, motherfuckers. Okay. We are on to the wait list. We definitely have time for several of you. Uh, a, a plethora of wait lists. Lo- I mean, don't you love the word plethora? We need to use this word more often. You should just find a way to use the word plethora tomorrow. Our first reader off the wait list is Phil Eggers. Get up for Phil. <laughs>
8: everyone thank you for having me um, this is pretty short it's
17: first I'm doing one for memorization <clears throat> you take her finger and place it on your forehead tracing over the vertical indentation in your skull a childhood accident that unlocks the first true touches of intimacy the sharing of scars felt yet never seen at the time when time is not this act feels special even though it is one soon forgot once the sun rises and the day begins. Thank you.
0: Short and beautiful. We love it. Off the wait list. Our next reader, wow, this is, I'm so excited we got to him. Uh, so, our next reader is not only from Ohio, which makes him extra awesome, and not only roots for the Cleveland Indians and the Cleveland Cavaliers. But he also hosts some of our workshops, which is fantastic. So give a warm welcome to Tony Temperman.
18: Thank you, Arthur. Thank you, everyone. This is uh, a poem called I, like pronoun I. I attended an altar each morning, sampling flights of holy water for a pathway to the divine. I was maintaining the high rent of cleverness when the instruction came, to sit and become silent, to invite the image of a mountain from your past to truly embody it, and just sit with that image while colors and contours become vivid once more until you perceive shared elements, not just of form, but also experience. And when you see, then imagine the image of a cave recessed deep within it where you sit at the back without motion in observation of a waterfall streaming over the entrance and conceive of of the stream as the stream of your thoughts while you sit silently watching as one more is gone as it came. But then after some long time I thought, who is it witnessing this witness in a cave in the mountain watching a waterfall? And in an instant there was only silence and I became the mountain, which is to say I always was. Now I would have solitude rather than cities, ask for compassion rather than bliss, miracles or proof of the divine, which come to be as mountain or some visualization of it, unity in that silence, as one all the silence beneath it. With you, I am gone and all and free. Thanks.
0: Beautiful stuff. Thank you, Tony. Finally got you up here. Our next reader is, I think, I mean, that was your job debut, actually, as well. So give another round of applause for Tony. <laughs> ne- is this Annette Phillips or Phyllis? Is Annette here? She left. Oh, you know her? Okay, well, it's too bad. Is it Phillips or Phyllis? Philip, no S. A third possibility. (laughs) Uh, Is Hazel Lynch here? She left too? That's right. Why did she leave? They didn't believe in the wait list. Ye ye of little faith. Uh, Is Freeman E. Williams Jr. here? Because that name is amazing. (laughs) No? Freeman E. Williams Jr. I'm just going to go to bed thinking of what could have been... Uh, Hannah Donovan. Yes. give it over Hannah Donovan, everyone.
19: Oh, thank you. All right. He brought me a stone, and I showed him how to skip it. How to fling it far across crystal springs. How rapids will hard swallow the pill if you tuck it away in the froth. It wasn't what he meant. He found me a stone and I turned it over in my hand, fingered the smoothness of the years, contemplated how many palms had pressed this pressured earth, maybe even pocketed it for an afternoon and then thought better of it, letting it clack back to the rock stack and rubble below their feet. I tried to give it back to him. It wasn't what he wanted. He walked me to the edge of the water, so close that the kitten-tongued shore lapped at my milky toes. It was colder than I ever thought it would be, but his body, pressed to mine, melted the ice and cut the bone chill. Then the stone dropped and sunk slowly but with purpose into a blackness of depth and velvet. I couldn't see where it went, but I trusted its descent. The stone sunk. I had let it by what power I do not know. The stone fell, and I with it, wrapped up in that dark, warm cloak. I fell slowly, I fell with purpose. I... Thank you.
0: Thank you, Hannah, for your poem and just for being here. Uh, our next reader is Jennifer Hart here. Yes, give it up for Jennifer Hart.
20: You know, you don't expect wait lists to actually work. <laughs> so here we are, folks. <laughs> I just gotta do a little search and sorry about this. Um, one moment. You know. Okay, okay. Anniversary. I had booked a I had booked a silk cheap motel, ocean view, flexed wood. We had a chris on our bodies again, to remind you I was soft, to remind you I was giving. Pull back the polyester maroon sheets, shirts off and shells, uh, cells renewed. Thin in bones and desperation, you were rough. Atlantic slaps the fine frothy line where ocean meets becomes shore. The delicate fine line of biting to consume me, become to protect yourself, mama bear bears teeth. I do not gasp like the tiny burrowing clams, little pops like ears and a pressure change. I want you to have every broken grain that slips, sinks past, smaller this time. Grab me back from July, an inevitable beach. Push the hair out of my eyes, body to body, where does the third space live? Body of water, body of land, trying to pin the other, roll me over, lick like seaweed. Suck the mollusk's remains out of the shell built by the time. Sinner and forgiver, and sand and shells, and broken shells, and cigarette butts, and mercy and grit, and dried cum you wanted to come in me. Seep out of where he'll never have. Polished self half shell sinks.
0: Thank you, Jennifer. I just realized my watch was wrong. So that is it. Uh, Again, let me tell you how to vote for Poem of the Month. This vote is very important. It's our 12th and final spot. The number to vote, just give me the poet's name. That is the easiest way to vote, 718-374-1953. A couple of announcements. Uh, what day what month is it November 16th this Friday at 100 Bogart and Bushwick we have the Brooklyn Poets reading series that paper doesn't matter uh, at 730 if you haven't been to the reading series before it will be great it's free you don't have to pay anything we have three fantastic poets for you Uh, Who are they? Daryl Alejandro Holness, Dara Barna and Pamela Sneed, who many of you know. uh, Come out for that. It starts at 7.30. We will have food and wine for you. It's all free. Definitely come out uh, while the L is still running. You can still get there at 7.30 in Bushwick. December 3rd, we will be back here uh, for our fall workshop showcase. This is when our professors and students read together. That is a Monday night, just a couple of Mondays and December—that's also free. And December 10th is—I looked it up—the last YOP of the year, which is also when we will have our po- poem of the year smackdown. Uh, also, the the YOP when we will announce our YOPper of the year. So that's definitely exciting. Come out for that. Sorry, my watch was 20 minutes behind. I wound this fucking thing this morning. I don't know what the hell happened. That was a shock. Anyway, uh, it's 9:40 instead of 9:20. Thank you for staying. Thank you for coming. It's been a great crowd. See you next time. So, there you have it, the Brooklyn Poetry Op Open Mic. November 12th, 2018. Thanks very much to our workshop leader, the fearless Robert Gibbons, for leading a wonderful workshop on the blues, the first such workshop that we've had at the EOP. This was Robert's debut EOP workshop, and we're excited to have him teaching for us uh, very soon, as soon as winter, spring 2019. Uh, He should be offering a five-week workshop, so definitely check that out when we release our next workshop offerings in early January at BrooklynPoets.org Congrats huge congrats to Keith Woodrow for winning poem of the month for his poem Immolation. Keith has claimed the 12th and final spot in our poem of the year Smackdown for 2018 so now the bracket is set for December 10th which is the date of our 12th and final Yawp of the Year. We will have a short and open mic that night, followed by the 12 winners of Poem of the Year over the past year, starting, of course, in December of 2017 and on through November of 2018. The winner of Poem of the Year will take home a $250 cash prize, Brooklyn Poet Swag, a membership, a Poet of the Week feature on our website, If they haven't won it before, some of them actually have been featured before on our website. That night, we will also be awarding our annual Yawper of the Year award, which we give out to a fantastic poet in our yawp community who also is very generous in their support of other poets. So very excited about that. Uh, It's always the most special yawp of the year. Not that they are not all special, but the December Yawp is always the most special one simply because we have the Smackdown and we give out our Yawper of the Year award as well. So definitely come out for that December 10th if you can. Uh, That is all for now. Uh, I hope to see you there in December. You can sign up again at brooklynpoets.org. Hope you're doing well. It's the beginning of the holiday season. I'd uh, be happy if you donate to Brooklyn Poets in December, that would be great, but uh, if you can't do that, if you just don't have the cash, one way you can help us out big time is just by rating us on iTunes, writing a review, it would be great to get some more support for the Yopcast, we're up to 12 five-star reviews now for the Yopcast after really making the point of asking for these reviews lately we are starting to get some so that's nice uh definitely if you haven't reviewed us yet try to do that Uh, the more reviews we get the more people take notice of the Yopcast, and the more these poets get heard which is of course the main thing so thanks for listening uh we will check back within check back within you no we will check back in with you in december thanks bye